Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. Live from the Coaching Carousel Lounge, it's the Fourth and Inches Show with Jana and the Sherpa. Jana, what are you? How are you feeling uh, post uh, fantasy season? How did your uh, teams do in your final matchups, and uh, how did you feel about them? Well, I ended up winning one league. I finished second in three, and I'm overall just generally very pissed at the timing of injuries that I had this year. <laughs> Mostly, yeah. I could have done without Keenan Allen and Josh Jacobs and Mark Andrews all dying in the last weeks of the season. But other than that, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> how about well, you? How are, how are you feeling about your teams? <clears throat> I'm not as good as I didn't do as well this season as you did, but... Um... Yeah. I think even a blind yeah, squirrel finds a nut in the dark in. sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I didn't win anything. I came in second in one of my leagues and um, uh, won the toilet bowl in one league with a higher score than the <laughs> champion of the real league got in the final week. But of course, no. that doesn't mean anything. But it, it gives me a little bit of satisfaction. But probably anyway, matters. So, <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was playing for pride, as they say, but I uh, had fun doing it. And, uh, again, always important to keep in mind it's a game, and we're pretty competitive, but uh, still, it's, yeah. it's all meant to be fun. That oh, but is. I did want and to throw props to my friend Michael, who won his uh, – Yeah, we, we talked about yeah. him in week uh, 17, and he won his uh, league playing fantasy for the first time, so we're happy for him. I'm very pumped for Michael. Uh, hopefully, this is a, a winning streak that continues on for him. <laughs> we don't we don't yeah. want to have him regress. So you set the bar high here, Michael. You got to keep it going. Yeah, well, I, I have the utmost confidence he will. But uh, anyway, so what what should we all uh, talk about tonight? Given that there, well, well, we could talk about injuries, but uh, a little bit. We could, so. I could rant about Dak Prescott and the Cowboys for an hour. I mean. I think we have a few more interesting things. The Giants gave up <laughs> a chance for a top five draft point choice by beating the Eagles, which Maybe of course was fun and felt good. But uh, of course now they probably cost them. Top five draft pick would have felt better. As a top wide receiver, a top quarterback, but uh, literally anyone on offense would be a good thing for you guys. Um, I'm probably. still hoping that you know Dak Prescott gets some kind of life-altering condition that he can't play quarterback for the Cowboys and can go anywhere else. But not everyone agrees with me on that. In the meantime, however, I don't. Well, well, I do. <laughs> we have a whole bunch of great stuff for you tonight. Even though we don't, we don't have a ton of predictions to argue over, we will have some later in the show. We're going to take a look at uh, the 2023 season as a whole. We're going to look at the consensus first rounders of the 2023 draft, how did they fare? How are we feeling about them? Our, our draft strategy hits and misses. There were some good and some not so good. Also taking a look at our in-season roster management, uh, the strategy there, waiver wire pickups, trades, things like that, what worked and what didn't. Look ahead to the future. There is some really good things coming down the line for 2024 for our dynasty people, for our season-long people. There's a lot of good rookies. We're going to look at who might make the most impact, take a look at a mock first-round draft for next season, and, of course, talk about the current NFL playoff picks. So we'll see if Sherpa and I can pick a correct Super Bowl. We've done it before. It can be done, but let's see if we can do it again. So 
We've got all kinds of good stuff for you. And, of course, since one hour isn't isn't nearly enough, you can find us even in the off-season all over the place. We're on social media. We're on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show or X, I guess, whatever you call it now. Um, you can email us at the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page, and you can find our Twitter accounts as well at Fantasy underscore Sherpa and JKIM16. We're here year-round. You know, we all need to commiserate. We need to talk whatever it is, fantasy football-wise, get it out of the system nice and cathartic. So 259 episodes and counting might not be enough, but if you ever miss our voices, you can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. <laughs> so to tide you over until we're back next year for Season 15, let's take a look at the year that was, Sherpa. How are you feeling about our first-round draft picks? <laughs> um, generally not good, but as you alluded to before, there feeling pretty terrible of, uh, about them. <laughs> if I could throw one thing, I want to call an audible yeah. partially yeah. for the um, agenda. One thing I think might be interesting to talk about is which players you think might have the uh, biggest improvement in fortunes in 2024, 20, depending on what happens either with their uh, I like it. Teams coaching situation, or you know, if they're free agents, where they might wind up. So I like it. I like it a lot. Just, Let's do it. Just a thought. That might be a little more interesting than some of the other things that I thought of. But we'll see. Um, we got all kinds of. Or at least stuff. interesting. It's a pretty interesting <laughs> agenda, if I do say so myself. But yeah. I gotta say, anyway, this yeah. overall, I think, has to go down as one of the weirdest real life and fantasy football seasons of all time. I mean a catastrophic number of injuries and benchings and just poor play. <laughs> there was a lot of highs, but there were a lot of lows here. <laughs> yeah, and look at a team like the Eagles, you know, morphing into the 86 Jets, who, if memory serves, started off 10-1 and, yeah. and then lost for the last five games of the season and got bounced in the first round of the playoffs. Although, you know, we'll get into it later, but I think Philadelphia might avoid a similar a, a similar feat just by virtue of who they're playing, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, so. yeah. But I mean, but there anyway, were there first, were a lot of a lot of first first rounders that did not fare <laughs> as they were drafted. I think is fair to say. Have the first pick, and it seems like most of the publications I was reading in mock drafts that I was looking at. The first pick, it was one of three people. It was either Christian McCaffrey, if you wanted to stick with a running back, or if you wanted mm-hmm. to be a little wild and you know, go off in a different direction. It seemed like you know, the two most popular choices from the wide receiver set were Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, although probably in the opposite order. But uh, who was, did you have any first picks this year? And if so, uh, who did you pick? I did not, unfortunately, or fortunately. Um, I would have gone with Christian McCaffrey had I had a first-round pick. Um, and I think and that's that? one of the few that would have fared well, just because he's so versatile. Like, it's, it's an offense that didn't have a ton of change in the offseason. Brock Purdy, we were still weren't totally sure how healthy it would be, but with – even with that, it seemed like the run game would be even more heavily featured. But he's just so dynamic of a player. As long as he stayed healthy, I felt like he had probably the best value out of anybody. Okay. I did not, in my two drafts, because two of the leagues, two of the four leagues I play in are dynasty, so I only did two mm-hmm. drafts. 
this year. And, and in one of them, I had the second pick out of 12. And in the other one, I had the fifth pick out of 14. For the one I had the second pick, if I had had the first pick, I was thinking I might shake it up a little bit because, you know, I'm Mr. Running back first. <laughs> and, uh, you do love it. Um, Justin Jefferson with the first pick, but as fate would have it, the person picking at number one picked Justin Jefferson. So that left me. You were saved from yourself. <laughs> well, if I had picked Jamar Chase, I wouldn't have been, but, you know, it's just, I guess I'm like yeah. the, the proverbial leopard that can't change its spots or whatever. <laughs> and so I did default to uh, running back. And fortunately, Christian McCaffrey was at the top of my running back list. So that worked out okay. Yeah. You have to feel pretty good about that one. That that at least stood the test of time for this season. So yeah, that yeah. In hindsight, you know, I think anybody with that first pick in that situation probably would have uh, taken the McCaffrey over either of those other guys that we were just talking about. But <clears throat> in the other yeah. draft that I did. Um, Justin Jefferson went first, Chase second, and McCaffrey third. So, you know, it seemed like those Interesting. three were Like, I think Justin three. Jefferson's so dynamic, but knowing Kirk Cousins was the one throwing to him would have, would have scared me away from taking him as a, as a number one pick, for sure. I, but then again, I am, I am a known Kirk Cousins. <laughs> well, because I yeah, like Kirk I mean, Cousins as a fantasy quarterback, I think more – than you do and also just I also like to look for you know if I'm considering somebody for a high pick you know you don't want to get the first pick wrong you know if you can help mm-hmm. it and I tend to look for or prioritize players in stable situations if I'm Justin Jefferson yeah. it's year three and I have Kirk Cousins throwing to me you know that's about as stable as it gets I and mean, same thing Jamar Chase very stable. has Joe Burrow throwing to him and I just figured those were both stable situations, I mean, McCaffrey too, but, you know, if if there were ever a year where I would have considered drafting a wide receiver number one, I think this would have been it, and either of those two guys would have made sense to me, you know, because of the stable quarterback situation. Of course, I had no way of knowing that either one Could of their, uh, that both of their quarterbacks were going to suffer season-ending uh, injuries in the middle, by the middle of the season. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't great. I did have Kirk Cousins I mean, on a fantasy team. Much time too. He wasn't. I mean, we'll get into right. that when he's we not, talk about what we would do for 2024. But you know, he's not. You know, invincible. He was not invincible on that front. Pretty close, but not quite. Yeah, I mean, probably uh, as close as we're ever going to see out of him. But <laughs> moving on. So after that, with in both of my the leagues I drafted in fourth and fifth. In one league, Austin Eckler went fourth and Cooper Cup fifth. And in the other mm-hmm. league, it was Cooper Cup fourth and Austin Eckler fifth. So if you took the Cooper Cup... You had to feel good about league, both of those. Yeah. If you were... If Cooper Cup, I can't remember. I, I think we already knew he was likely to be out at the beginning right. of the season or were they just saying he was recovering slowly and things weren't they going were, they were, quickly. Yeah, they were still kind of deciding, but it seemed like the writing was on the wall that he wasn't going to be as as healthy as he needed to be if he even was available week one. So I think we had an inkling. Didn't and what, he ended up missing, what was it, the first four weeks of the season, I think? Yeah, yeah, he ended up going, he ended up going on IR. He missed the first four weeks. And then he came back healthy and rested, they said. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. He's in better shape than everyone else because he hasn't taken four weeks of hits, but yes. <laughs> so I I had the um, – so in the leagues that I picked fifth, Cooper Cup went fourth, and I was very happy to get Austin Eckler um, – of course, his season turned into a train wreck, and he might have been yeah. the most disappointing of the first-round picks just because you can only attribute part of his uh, underperformance to injury. But uh, I don't know. Um, that, I did definitely... I did take Austin Eckler with a number four pick in actually mm-hmm. two drafts. And the first first two or three weeks, twice as much life fun. was good. Life was great. <laughs> right off a cliff, just terrible. Did not that pick did not age well? <laughs> no, like a lot of my predictions. Two touchdowns a week to like twelve total yards. It was terrible. Did not love that. Yeah, I hope he yeah. didn't have himself on his fantasy team this year, but he probably did. He didn't. His the guy he does a podcast with or something drafted him the pick before his, so he didn't even have himself oh. on his team. <laughs> I wonder who he picked instead, but I know maybe uh, that was maybe that was the ultimate trying to take that guy down. Maybe that's what the whole season was about. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, the next <sighs> few picks after that, one of the leagues that I was in, Travis Kelsey went sixth, oh. followed by. Here, I'll just read the you know, the next few picks. Um, so we did the first five. In the one league, mm-hmm. picks six through nine were Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Saquon Barkley, and Tyreek Hill. And in the other one, it was Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Bijan Robinson, and Stephon Diggs. So Hill and Kelsey on mm-hmm. both lists, but you can see that, you know, people – start to diverge a little bit after the top six picks or so for this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know we both felt very strongly at the start of the season that drafting Travis Kelsey in the first round was just madness. I don't think either one of us were a big fan of that. And I, I'm happy to overspend on the tight end all day long, but that just, there, to me, there didn't seem to be a way you could ever get the return on it at that position in that offense. And I think you felt the same way, if I remember right. Yeah, I just, to me, the opportunity cost of passing on a running back or a top running back yeah. or a top wide receiver you know, is just too great you know, to uh, play with something like that. It'll be interesting to see how much, if at all, his average draft position drops for next season. I'm guessing he's not going to be going in the first round of too many drafts next year, but uh, I hope they... not. <laughs> so. I mean, I I think for where he was drafted, we can we can kind of call him a bust for the year based off what you got. I mean, yeah. Because... I mean, the ones in that group, I think Tyreek Hill was, you know, the one that mm-hmm. clearly should have been, you know, in hindsight, you know, if you're doing what we're doing and essentially kind of redrafting this year. Yeah, he probably should have been. He's the wide receiver that should have been up for uh, consideration for the first pick, along with Christian McCaffrey, rather than Jefferson or Chase. But uh, I guess yeah. with, um, with with Tyree Kill, there were enough question marks about you know 
Uh, well, you weren't sure how much if Tua could stay healthy, how much of a factor Jalen Waddle was going to eat into Jaylen any of his looks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there were yeah. there were a lot of question marks. There was a lot of reasons to be like, eh. But, I mean, I, I ended up with Saquon Barkley on a couple of teams. I ended up with B. John Robinson on a team. I thought B. John Robinson was going to be incredible. I thought Saquon was in a perfect position. I think there was a lot. I, one of the things we'll touch on later, I think there were a lot of running backs that were in perfect positions that did not pan out. And Saquon, while he had – Moments of greatness, that offense, like, between the injuries and the quarterback carousel and just some of the ineffectiveness, it just did not at all get what I thought I was going to out of him. Yeah, he's I know it might shock people players. that I actually have Atlanta Falcons players on my teams, but I do. <laughs> it you happen. just don't pick them to win. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, maybe the, if they hire a new coach, maybe you will next year if you see Maybe. Something encouraging. I mean, it's better than Arthur Smith yelling at people at midfield for scoring on it. <laughs> Got to be better well, than that. To the, I mean, that's you know, not how Jameis Winston went into business for himself. Yes, it was a bad situation, but also not a good look for Arthur Smith. <laughs> no, that's not how you want to be remembered running off the field in your last uh, probably Generally your last not. game as a head coach. I can't imagine that too many teams would be Mother effing guys at the 50-year-old line is a bad look. Yeah. yeah. So, but, yeah, so I, I just, yeah, in hindsight, Tyreek Hill, probably the best For of sure. that bunch. Yeah, Travis Kelsey, disappointing season. Bijan Robinson, disappointing season, although he stayed yeah. healthy all season. <clears throat> Yeah, Except again, that, why I that think one the team game. context matters so much. <laughs> yeah, it but, does. Yeah. They just didn't and score a little Stephon points. And Diggs just disappeared the last half of the season. So, yeah. Very weird. Very strange. Okay, it's, and then yeah. let's see. Closing out the first round in the 12-team league, picks 10 through 12 were Nick Chubb, C.D. Lamb, who, okay, Tyreek Hill and, and C.D. Lamb should have been yeah, upward, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Granted, C.D. Lamb was a ghost the first four weeks of the season. I mean, people were putting him on the trade block. He was not nearly what he was from week five on. It was a dramatic 180. Early on, it looked Wilson terrible. Was the last guy drafted yeah. in the first round of this particular draft, which, you know. Wasn't his fault. I could see how you <laughs> not his fault about him, yeah. you know, going into the season with Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. Of course, that lasted all four plays, so. Did not go well for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think for what, what Garrett Wilson ended up with, quarterback-wise, offense-wise, he did the best he could, but, like, it was not number 12 draft pick material. No. And then in the other league, um, <clears throat> you know, after Tyree killed, the next few picks were – C.D. Lamb, uh, Bijan Robinson, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Interesting. and uh, Jonathan Taylor. Somebody snagged him at the end of the first round, presumably thinking that he was going to yeah. be healthy for week one because I don't think anybody would have picked him if they knew he was going to start the season on IR. No, no, that's tough. But And going back to the other draft, Nick Chubb, I think, was a good pick there. And if his knee oh, yeah. does not explode, like, I think that one works out nicely. Um, I I know I had him on a couple of teams that I had late late picks or early second-round picks. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of that is 
I mean, Garrett Wilson couldn't control the Aaron Rodgers injury. Had Aaron Rodgers played, I'm sure he would have ended up with, if as long as he stays healthy, numbers that could have made him a, a you know, top five, top six wide receiver. But, you know, injury, injury is a, a terrible thing. I, I like those picks better than, you know, our last group of picks. <laughs> they at least feel better. Okay. So now, in hindsight, then, would you do anything differently in in how you would approach a 2024 draft, uh, given what happened in 2023, either position-wise or team context-wise? Or what, if anything, would you do differently? Um, I think... I think there was probably a couple of drafts that I got a little too like I'm I'm looking for these positions at these picks and I if I I generally like to go more on like what how the draft is is going and base my picks off that but there were a couple that I was really forcing some running backs was really trying to make that happen I had one league that I went went the opposite direction and tried to draft I went first three picks or first pick wide receiver second pick running back, then I went two more wide receivers. I went all in on wide receivers, and everyone got hurt, and it was terrible. Um, In the first round, I still like going running back. I think, granted, we had a few. The Austin Ecklers of the world did not work out for me, but if if I've got a Christian McCaffrey out there, I think that still still holds up pretty well. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think I would change – so one thing I would not change and one thing I would change, one thing I would not change is I would still want to emphasize running back in the first round in most cases just because, you know, I just think there's much more of a rapid drop-off you know, between the top running backs and the mediocre options versus mm-hmm. the wide receiver top options and mediocre options and yeah, so I think I would still be inclined. I mean, you know, just looking at some of the round two picks in this one 12 team draft, you know, wide receivers like Chris Olave, Jalen Waddle, Amon Ross, yeah. Brown, Devontae Adams, oh. AJ Brown were going in the second round. You know, those are still some pretty good, you know, pretty wide receivers. Compare that to yeah. the running backs going in the second round. You have Travis Etienne, Joe Mixon. Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, you know, Saquon Barkley, mm-hmm. Derrick Henry. You know, it's, I guess at the beginning yeah. of the season, you probably would have said that's an, an equal, you know, grouping. Yeah, but where, in where we ended like up, the wide receivers not. did a lot better than the running backs in those groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So the thing I would not change is I, I, yeah, I would still likely prioritize a running back with the first pick. The thing I would be a little more skeptical about, I think, going forward is just the running back's age. So, you know, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, those guys are getting close to 30. Neither one of those guys had the kind of season that, you know, you were hoping for. I mean, Nick Chubb is, I don't know, 25, 26, and his knee blew out. So, you know, presumably not age-related. Bijan Robinson, you look at that, you know, his shortcomings mm-hmm. are more team context, you know, deficiencies, yeah, I sure. think, rather than that there's anything wrong with him. Josh Jacobs' combination of injury and team context, Tony Pollard, that's just, you know, I don't know Ugh. what to make of that. But so Nobody does. You know, yeah, I just – so to sum it up, I think I'd still likely go with a running back in the first round, but I think I would pay a little bit more 
attention to the running back's age going forward. So next year, you know, I would definitely, you know, I think have guys like, you know, Kyron Williams and Bijan Robinson ranked higher than, you know, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley mm-hmm. going into the season, maybe even Christian McCaffrey. I would have to see, you know, how I would assess the injury risk there. I probably would mm-hmm. still go with McCaffrey over those guys, but it would be a lot closer than you would think just based on their 2023 performance for me. Now, what about quarterbacks and tight ends? Now I know this is all this is always where we disagree on things, but how do you feel how did you treat them in the draft this year? Did you wait more on one position or another? Did you I mean, I know we didn't drink the Travis the Travis Kelsey Kool-Aid, but did you reach for a tight end like a Mark Andrews or did you go for a Josh Allen quarterback since I know you're such a huge fan of his he's in your family photos and all <laughs> Yeah, the uh. answer to both of those questions <laughs> is no, but um, yeah, to me, just the value isn't there. I mean, you know, you've got the top few guys, which to me are comparable to maybe a wide receiver two, wide receiver three for tight ends. And mm-hmm. you know, after that, there's a drop off, but you know, the mediocre options are all kind of bunched together. So going into the season, you probably would have looked and said, oh, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and maybe George Kittle are the top three. I don't think Tony Laporte, not Tony Laporte, sorry, I used to work with oh, him. Yeah. Sam, Sam, Sam Laporta, Laporta was, not, was not on a yeah, top I five radar. Sam for Laporta anybody. off the waiver wire in week four, week yeah. five of this 12-team league. And, you know, these are pretty sharp people that I play mm-hmm. with. And, yeah, you know, oh, he yeah. really wasn't on the radar until no. that point. So, you know, it just – says to me that, you know, there are, and, you know, um, just trying to think. Uh, he did Hawkinson probably was ranked three. There, there were other people yeah. that emerged during the season that I didn't mm-hmm. feel bad about not getting uh, Travis Kelsey or, or Mark Andrews, you know, at the time, even before Mark Andrews got hurt. Um, I so, did. I did yeah. have one league that I, I reached. I got Mark Andrews, I think at the end of, maybe the end of the second round, beginning of the third. Mm-hmm. And it worked up until, you know, he broke his leg. But like the point, right. the point value was there. I think all but one week, I felt pretty good about that, especially when, you know, most of the other guys I was going to pick anyway did not pan out or got hurt. So I was feeling pretty good about that up until the injury. But I, I think I waited more on, on tight ends almost to a detriment, just because by the time I took the, I mean they were fine, but I couldn't keep a tight end healthy to save my life. I mean, I just could not get anyone that was healthy on my team. And I waited on quarterbacks more than I used to. I ended up with a team with Kirk Cousins and Deshaun Watson, which was fine for a couple of weeks, and then, you know, everyone died simultaneously. But, um, you know, people who were who were taking Patrick Mahomes early and Josh Allen, it, I mean, Tua, great. He put up a ton of numbers. That was fine. But even he was, was certainly not the first couple of, of quarterbacks off the board. I think that that waiting on a quarterback was fine. I might have wanted to take a tight end a hair sooner than I did, with the exception of Mark Andrews. But I mean, quarterbacks were a plenty since so many people got hurt and benched. There was plenty to pick up on the waiver wire. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you would think that quarterbacks are more likely to get hurt, all else being equal, than tight ends. I would guess. But um, yeah, what was I going to say here? Just looking bad at the year for a tight end. Draft. 
Travis Kelsey and looking at tight ends, Travis Kelsey got drafted with the seventh pick by the guy that ended up winning the league, although it wasn't because of Travis Kelsey. Not because of Travis Kelsey. <laughs> no, in that league, the next tight end didn't go until round four. George Kittle was the first pick of the fourth round, and mm-hmm. Mark Andrews was the eighth pick of the fourth round in that one. Quarterback-wise, um, first quarterback in that league wasn't until Patrick Mahomes was the first pick of the third round. Um, oh, that's good. And then yeah. Jalen Hurts got picked third in the fourth round. Josh Allen got picked tenth in the fourth round and third round. So I had three quarterbacks go, and those three I think were probably the top three to go in most leagues. Mm-hmm. In yeah. the one league they went, you know, the 12-team league they all went in the third round. And in the 14-team league, I'm just looking here quickly, I don't see any of them going until the third round either. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it looks like they all went. Uh, no, Josh Allen went in the 12th, in the first round in that 14-team that oh, right. league. That's right. But then didn't have another quarterback picked until Mahomes and Hurts were picked early in the third round. So anyway, um, I don't think I would modify my strategy there on waiting on both uh, quarterbacks and tight ends. I mean, I had that same exact combo of Deshaun Watson and Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. and I don't think I had to pick either one before the ninth round or so. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I mean, they were, just, they were just out there hanging out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I said Deshaun Watson going into the season was – probably a borderline QB1 in 12-team leagues, and Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. is kind of always on that cusp between you know, yeah. a QB1 and a QB2, but you know, he certainly played like a QB1 for the weeks that he was healthy for the most part. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it, it, I it certainly ended up working out. I just I would have been happier with more, more Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson and less, like, Gerald Everett on my team. So I think I think the drop off on tight end is greater that I might want to go a little sooner next year, not like first round soon, but like before the sixth round soon. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm just kind of resigned. I think in my <laughs> ideal world, I think my first probably five of my first six picks at least, if not six and six, are either running backs and wide receivers and. You know, depending on the league structure and how many flexes you get, I'll typically mm-hmm. have four running backs and two wide receivers or three running backs and three wide receivers after the first uh, few rounds. And I'll even draft, you know, a backup running back in some cases before I'll take, you know, starters at quarterback or tight end, just depending on how the draft is going. But, you know, I don't think I want to change too much there just because, you know, for the most part, tight ends are, are not the ones that are going to win or lose your, your league um, unless you get really lucky. But um, anyway, I, yeah, so not too much to change there. And defenses okay. and kickers, you know, those should be your last two rounds, and I don't think I'll ever change my opinion about that until uh, – I have to I say, I did year. stream – on one team, I just streamed a kicker all year long. worked out just fine. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no reason to pick a kicker before the last round. No. Too unpredictable, and they're, you know, they're, for the most part, bunched pretty closely over the course of the season. So, yeah, I agree, both the kickers and defense, you can do just fine for yourself waiting until the last two rounds to 
pick them and then just stream them as needed throughout the season. And I would never draft a backup in either one, I think. Yeah, I like a backup defense. Players. I'll do that till I die. <laughs> oh, that I won't do. But, we'll so. do anything for love, but you won't do that. <laughs> exactly. So how about uh, in-season roster management? What worked for you this year and, and what didn't? Um, I personally, piggybacking on the defense thing, I loved not streaming a defense. I loved playing a defensive matchup. It worked out really well for me. Um, does not always work out that well a lot of years. I will say that, but this year it did. Uh, like I said, I couldn't keep a tight end healthy to save my life with the exception of Mark Andrews till the end of the season. So I ended up streaming tight ends most of the season, which I did not love. Um, but I will say that I think there were more hits off the waiver wire of like truly impactful players this year than in most years past. And a lot of that is because of so much injury and so much, you know, turnover of positions. But I mean, like there were, there were Puka Nakua's and Zamir White's, like there was real value on the waiver wire this year. I feel like. Yeah. Minshew mania. He was running wild. <laughs> yeah. But even I, think, I mean, even quarterbacks, there were impactful quarterbacks on the waiver wire all season. Well, I'll go back to the point, though, that if you're taking a defense, a second defense, the opportunity cost of that is that you're missing out on a chance to have a backup in one of those positions where, you know, the injuries are more likely to have an impact, I think. Yeah, backup tight end wasn't going to save me this year. That I'm sure <laughs> All the guys I would have drafted were also injured. It was a bad year for tight ends. No, uh, yeah, what about on. you? What about your your hits and misses on in-season moves? I generally don't like to make a lot of moves, especially at the beginning of the season, until I have mm-hmm. a better sense of what I have. But the injuries just were flying right from the beginning of the season. Awful. And you really just couldn't help but be active on the waiver wire. And then... There were certain situations where you thought one thing was going to happen and it didn't happen, and then you know you just found yourself scrambling constantly. I mean, speaking of tight ends, I thought Chigga Conquo was going to be a, a thought he was going to be huge. And it that, happen. You know, based on the way he finished out last year, and that certainly didn't happen. And again, it just goes to show, yeah, there he had a stable coaching situation, same quarterback going into the year, you know. Well, albeit not a, a star, but, you know, still someone that, still, you know, he had a guy who beat him the football the season. It just didn't work out. So, you know, you, you just yeah. had to be really, really diligent, diligent, vigilant. <laughs> oh, really? Vigilant <laughs> it's like I can never keep cavalry and cavalry straight, but anyway, that's another little different. Topic for little another different podcast, I have to have an on-language podcast where I can mispronounce San Antonio Holmes' name all day. Lives on forever. Hit the back catalog, guys. There's some gems out there. I will – one one in-season management story. I was – so since – I'm sure people do this to you. Since we do what we do, people in your life are going to look to you for fantasy advice, right? So I have a cousin who knows nothing about football, just – has not internalized any of it ever. 
still be it. He's made it to, you know, 37 in life without doing this. So he somehow signs himself up for a fantasy football league with a bunch of his friends. And I end up like shadow managing this team. And there was, I've never seen anything like this before, but it's, it's a group of people. It's a longstanding league, whatever. So there was one, I guess the guy who's running the league and someone else, a couple of these guys were all high school friends. And here we are 20 years later. And we didn't figure it out until about week eight. I think it was actually a trade I made. But the guy, there was his best friend spent the entire season finding the team that was playing this guy, the, the, league, the league owner, and trading them whatever position player they would need the most to beat this guy. And it went on for a couple of weeks. And week six or whatever comes around, Kirk Cousins, Deshaun Watson, both on IR, everybody's, nobody's playing, it's terrible, bye weeks, all this stuff. And I get a trade offer for the 49ers defense for Dak Prescott, straight up. And I'm like, this guy must be drunk. <laughs> Immediately hit accept, right? And this, this sets off a firestorm across the league, which I'm not currently <laughs> actually in. So I get a panicked phone call from my cousin, like, what the, What did we do? Did you initiate this? What happened? I'm like, no, 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 this came to us. It's fine. So it comes out, this guy This guy spent, he, he, at this point he is, I think it's 0-6, 0-8, whatever week it is. He has spent, he wins zero games. He immediately goes and drops the 49er defense. So I'm like, what the hell is going on? I look back and figure out what he's done. He spent the entire season sabotaging the league owner. All he did was pick guys up, trade them away for nothing. He won a single game. It was the most incredible long play I've ever seen. <laughs> so that was a real – it was a, a nice in-season move that worked out for me, but it was at the expense of someone else. <laughs> so yeah. It was it was truly incredible, I have to say. <laughs> so – are you an active trader in most of your leagues? Because I have to confess I did, I, that I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I don't love it. I like getting going with the guys who got me to the dance. I especially am not doing it in the first couple of weeks because you just don't know what you have. Like people who start offering me trades in week two, I think are crazy. Like you just you don't know what you're doing. Like nobody knows. I just I'm not a big trader unless I'm I have like something presented to me I don't go out I never initiate a trade I'll, I'll occasionally accept a trade but for the most part I like my guys I like what I got I'm going to the waiver wire I'm good yeah I I tend to you know because I also play fantasy baseball quite a bit and there over mm-hmm. the years I've gotten a little bit more comfortable with the idea of trading but again it's a longer season larger sample size and you know you, you <clears throat> Injuries are part of the game, but not as big a part of the game as they are with football. And right. you, know, you, you get a sense of what your categorical needs are. Fantasy football is a lot different in that, you know, I don't care if it's the quarterback scoring you points or the tight end or the wide receiver points to points. And, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, you know, I can make a trade where I trade away a really good quarterback, but I still have a pretty good option behind him and get somebody, you know, at a lesser position like tight end or something, you know, then it makes sense mm-hmm. to do that. But again, most people yeah. in the leagues that I play in are just as aware as I am, and you know, you're not going right. to get a trade like that. I'm, I'm not there's sure. There's not really like surprises to be had in most of our that. leagues. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, there's. You can almost you can sense it though. You always figure out within a week or two who's out there offering a hundred trades and who's not. Like there, there's people either are or they aren't. I think there's really no in between. So, 
All right, shall we move on yeah. to uh, 2024 and uh, potential yeah. impact rookies? So I'm going I think there's off some of good this. stuff out here. Yeah, I'm looking for reference purposes. I'm looking at uh, Field Yates, the ESPN analyst, and he's got his uh, like positional rankings and mock drafts and all that. So why don't we start off with um, quarterbacks here? I'm just looking, I think, the top five names that are mentioned are names that you know, most casual college football fans are probably aware of. Um, Caleb Williams, uh, Drake yeah. May, Jaden Daniels, mm-hmm. and then maybe a tier below them, Michael Penix Jr. and um, Bo Nix. And I'll throw J.J. McCarthy in there, too, maybe as a number six. But, I yeah, think you have to now, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm not a Michigan really fan, but yeah. It's hard to know without <laughs> – you know, at this point, without knowing the team context, you know, right. where, you know, so Caleb Williams, if he gets drafted by the Bears, you know, with the first pick, you know, they had a pretty good end to the season. So they've obviously got some yeah. talent on defense. You know, they've got some good young running backs. Offensive line seems like it's okay. Cole Komet is decent. Wide receiver DJ Moore is really good. They could use some help for him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so if he went to Chicago, you know, that could be a nice situation for him. If he goes to Washington with the receivers there and with Brian Robinson, you know, that could be a nice situation. But, you know, you just yeah, you don't know. You know. I don't think any of these – put it this way, I don't think any of these guys is going to be somebody It's not an Andrew Luck, somebody that's walking just, in and just, you know, is going to be good. No, Andrew Luck and, and uh, Peyton Manning are probably the two – that I'm thinking of in the past right. 25 years or so that, you know, you would say, oh, those guys are probably people you'd want to start right from the get-go. I mean, some mm-hmm. people talk about Caleb Williams as if he's, you know, that, but I'm, you know, even me being a USC fan, I'm not convinced that's the case. So, you know, to me, it's going to depend a lot on, you know, where he ends up or where any of these guys end up. I don't know that you can say, you know, who's definitely going to be, you know, the, the first one picked. Yeah, I don't think any of these mm-hmm. guys are must, you know, or QB ones next year to right. start the season from a fantasy perspective. I mean, you know. Um, well, granted, I mean, Bryce Young goes number Stroud one overall, and like do that this year for Houston. Yeah, but we but didn't, we didn't necessarily think, know that could happen in the draft. No, I mean, I was higher on Bryce yeah. Young than I was on mm-hmm. you know CJ Stroud going into the draft, and that certainly you know didn't turn out, you know, hopefully, you know, Bryce Young yeah. improves and hopefully C.J. Stroud, you know, holds where he started from. But, you know, Will Levis, you know, he was an afterthought and, you know, he had a nice run at the end of the season. But, you know, who knows? It's just, to me, too much of a crapshoot. Rookie quarterbacks, I'm staying far, far away. Maybe pick one as a backup quarterback, depending on the team mm-hmm. context. But there's no way that I'm picking any of those guys with an early pick next year. And, Certainly not using them as a QB one. No, no. And I mean, I, I think there's something to be said for a guy like Caleb Williams, who's coming out of a big time school, who's had the the spotlight on him for multiple years, versus Drake May, who technically is a great quarterback, but the amount of pressure and the amount of national coverage you're getting as the North Carolina quarterback versus the USC quarterback is a little different. I think that that sometimes makes you more or less equipped to handle, you know, 
being thrust into maybe not the best situation, being able to handle some of the pressures that come with it. But there's no one that you're looking at on this list that's like, I got to get this guy on my team. Like it, they don't feel like a difference maker on their own. Maybe in the right situation, like CJ Stroud ended up, but not on their own. I mean, maybe in a dynasty league, you know, uh, that's a whole yeah. different story. We can Pull other touch camera. on that a little bit for <laughs> draft strategy. But it, what would be funny is if he ends up, if, uh, um, if Drake May ends up in Washington and ends up taking Sam Howell's place, and Sam Howell was his predecessor as the North Carolina <laughs> quarterback. But uh, we'll see. Where's Mitchell Trubisky when you need him? Did he go to NC State? I'm forgetting now, but yeah. I think he was in North Carolina. He was somewhere in the state of North Carolina, that I'm sure of. Yeah, I thought it was NC State. He was in North Carolina. Because he was Mitch, not Mitchell uh, then. (laughs) Okay. Um, So how about, uh, and for dynasty purposes, yeah, if I had a dynasty, depending on my team needs, I still think I'm going running back first, even in a you know, running back and wide receiver, if I can help it before quarterback. There's nobody yeah. on that list that just screams to me, got to have him. I mean, maybe Caleb Williams, but I don't know that he's going to be yeah. a better pro than Jaden Daniels if Jaden Daniels keeps improving. So he's to say. Right. But anyway, uh, I think back. I think the wide receiver class is the strongest out of all of the positions this year, but running back's always a good thing to have. Quarterback could be, but running back yeah. doesn't seem like it's – as strong just on the surface as no. last year was. I mean, you look last year where you had Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs both drafted in the top 12. I don't think that's yeah. happening this year. I'd be surprised. I don't think any of these guys are getting drafted in the first round from the mocks that I read. And who knows, you know, it could be well down into the second round or maybe even the third round before mm-hmm. some of these guys hear their names called. But the ones that uh, Field Yates has is his top five or Jonathan Brooks in Texas, Trey Benson, Florida State, Marshall and Lloyd, USC, Will Shipley, Clemson, and Blake Corum, the one I'm probably most familiar with, uh, you know, with Michigan, who's been a touchdown machine the past couple of years. Yes. But again, who do I That's like a great most character. in that group? Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of like Blake Corum, but maybe that's just recency bias and also just being most familiar with him, you know, having him seen play, seen him play more perhaps than the other guys the last couple of seasons. But again, it's all team context dependent. We don't know where any of these guys are going to go. You know, dynasty. Right. You know, I'm okay probably picking any of those guys in the first round. But in a redraft league, there's nobody there that I think, you know, even depending on context, you know, strikes me as you know anything more than maybe an RB three. On a fantasy team, there's, you know, there's, I think three more names I would throw on the list of running backs I'd want to watch. Um, sure. Tra- Travion Henderson at Ohio State, who is not officially declared, but looks like he's trending that way. Um, I thought he Cody Schrader. In school. They just got the Mississippi guy. They transferred there, and I thought they were going to team up, but I might be mistaken. I'd also look at Cody Schrader at Missouri. He was very good on a bad team. And a little deeper sleeper pick, Frank Gore's son, Frank Gore Jr., coming out of Southern Miss, sturdy, runs like his dad. There's something to be said for 
legacy generational players. I mean, look at Joey Porter Jr. and Joey Porter. I mean, he he has an idea of what what's going to come a little better than somebody else does, and he's built like a tank. <laughs> Those are guys I'm looking at in dynasty leagues that might fall a little further. Yeah. So shall we move but on to I the did. wide receivers? That, yeah, uh, most excited about this. Think. Yeah, so you know Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, I think you know, he's. You know, it seems like he's probably the best one to. Um, Fantastic. At least yeah. the most highly touted one to come out in the last few years. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, people have been looking forward to this for at least a year already. Um, Look what Garrett Wilson and Jackson see. Smith and Jigbo have done, and he was just as good or better on those same teams. He's, I, I'm excited about it. Yeah, I think it depends where he winds up. I mean, if he winds up at Arizona with uh, Kyler Murray, who looks like he's going to be the quarterback after all there next year and, and all that, that would be an exciting uh, duo for years. Oh, absolutely. You know, he winds up on a team like the Giants, which, you know, you know, would be nice really from sure a personal fandom standpoint, yeah. but yeah, he's probably not going to have as smooth a transition to the NFL as he might some other places. But, I mean, yeah. there's some talk he could even go number one to the Bears if they decide to, you know, hold on oh, to Oh, can you field, imagine? DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison Jr. trying to guard both of them? They could yeah, just believe I mean, in Justin Fields. It'd be amazing. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. But again, Marvin Harrison Jr., he's somebody I could see, I don't think first round, but I could see him, somebody reaching and picking him in the second round of a redraft, maybe just based on yeah. name recognition and all the hype that he's come with. Um, some of the other guys on the field Yates' list are Malik Neighbors with LSU, mm-hmm. Will Madunze with Washington, Keon Coleman with Florida State, and uh, Adonai Mitchell with uh, Texas. So some interesting names you know, who had quite a bit of success this year on that list. And you know, I'm all them in two uh, leagues um, prioritizing running backs and wide receivers if I can, and I'm just going to all of those guys are probably first-round picks in, uh, in 12 or 14-team leagues. But uh, in a redraft league, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, oh, for sure. Probably the only one that I would want to consider in the first couple of rounds. But how about you? I, I fully agree. I like Marvin Harrison Jr. I watch a lot of Big Ten football during the year, so I've seen a lot of him. Um, Malik Neighbors was just phenomenal. I'd also add Troy Franklin out of Oregon, um, Jermaine Burton from Alabama, and Devontae Walker out of North Carolina, who I think could be a real sleeper hit on a team. But, again, a lot of it's going to depend where they end up. But in a dynasty league, I'm not mad at those guys. could work out. Okay, um, moving on to tight ends, and we'll stop uh, with tight ends. No, no need to go into kickers. Um, <laughs> Your favorite tight ends. I guess the one that you know, most people who follow college are familiar with would be Brock Bowers out of Georgia. You know, and all yeah. sorts of comparisons to Kyle Pitts, and you know, you know, he's probably the only one that I think warrants you know a first round pick either in dynasty 
in, in dynasty and redraft again. I don't think I would draft him ahead of any of the the, the big three. Or actually, I guess it's big four now. I think uh, yeah, Sam Laporta is probably in that group next year, along with uh, Kittle Andrews and um, um, who am I forgetting? Travis Kelsey. How can I forget? So yeah, yeah he had a incredible be, season. <laughs> yeah, so I think those four guys are top four, and maybe Brock Bowers is. You know, somewhere after that, but uh, we'll see. I mean, depending on what goes on in Atlanta offseason, maybe Kyle Pitts you know, gets another chance, although my guess is that people would want to see him, um, you know, do well before they, in the regular season before they would you know, consider um, you know, putting yeah. a real high value on him. But, you know, Brock Bowers and then some of the other names on this list are Jatavian Sanders from – Texas, mm-hmm. Kate Stover, Ohio State, Brian Nesbitt, North Carolina, and uh, Theo Johnson with Penn State. But, uh, any others that you want to spotlight? Um, I would just say that Cade Stover, I think, in the NFL is going to look a whole heck of a lot like Sam Laporta. If I have any chance to put him on a dynasty team, I am not hesitating to do so. The way, he, and like I said, I watch a lot of Big Ten college games, but the way he plays, he he runs routes like a wide receiver, not a tight end. Like it's, he's gonna look a lot more like Sam Laporta. I'm real fired up about it. And Tavion Sanders also great, but Cade Stover is probably my favorite behind Brock Bowers, who far and away is the best tight end in this draft. Okay, so sounds like that's my endorsement. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, it sounds like Brock Bowers is somebody you would consider drafting in the first round of the dynasty kids to over maybe second round for you in the dynasty? Yeah. You... yeah, I think so. Okay. Depending on the team he ends up, if he ends up on a team with no tight end or one that's not being used, I might, I might sneak him into a late first round, but he's probably a second round pick. Maybe the Giants will use a second round pick on him if they don't uh, grab Bowers in the first round, but we'll see. Here yeah. you go. You heard it here first. Cade's over forever. <laughs> I hope he doesn't end up on the Falcons. Please don't end up on the Falcons. <laughs> uh, I don't, it, with Kyle Pitts there, I don't think they're going to do that, but one never knows. I think we're so, safe. Um, You're hoping. <laughs> so how about just in rough terms, maybe we can alternate this, but uh, let's just do a 12, just for for fun, let's do a, um, how about a 12-team first round and we can alternate picks, but just uh, see, you know, who would, do you want the first pick or shall I take it? You can have the first pick. I never get it. So there's no reason to give it to me. No, now. no, no. All right. In that case, we <laughs> want you to have it. No, no, so you're good. With the first <laughs> pick of the, the 2024 mock draft, <laughs> Janet Kimmel selects. Da, 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 da. Are we, are, are we picking, we're picking as if we're a dynasty mock draft here. Yes. No, let, let's just do a redraft since I think that's probably okay. what Mr. Burke listeners are doing. I mean I'm I'm going for Marvin Harrison Jr. Love me some Maserati Marv. <laughs> With the first round pick and a redraft? I'm go well first well, okay, so we're not looking just at rookies. We're looking at everybody. I'm going Chris yeah. McCaffrey. Okay. That would have been my pick too. Um second pick. Uh Mm. Why not? I'll I'll go with Kyron Williams. 
Ooh, like it. Kyron Williams. Okay. Who wasn't on Not where I would have gone with it, but I like it. All right. Well, now I, we can see where you would have gone since you have the third pick. Who are you taking? I am going with Tyreek Hill. Um, yeah, that's that's as solid a choice as you can make. And in that vein... I'm going to go, I'm going to put my faith that Atlanta gets their situation figured out, you know, with their coach that they hire, <laughs> an offensive-minded coach, and I'm going to say I'll put Bijan Robinson um, up there ahead of Jamar Gibbs. But uh, anyway, that's who I would go with. But, okay, you're, you're on the clock. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't love a lot of my options here. I'm gonna go with Jameer Gibbs. I don't think Dave Montgomery's sticking around as much of an impact. Okay. Um I'm gonna assume that Minnesota either brings back the real quarterback or signs another veteran quarterback, and therefore I'm going to go with uh, Justin Jefferson. As much as we love Jaron Hall, it might not be his time quite yet. <laughs> no, well, I don't think after that and the way they – I don't think it's going to be his time for a while, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I don't think he's – I wouldn't be surprised if they just cut him. Or they're definitely going to draft another quarterback. It's just a matter of do they try to trade up and draft a franchise quarterback or one of those top – five or six guys, or do they just, you know, wait and yeah. you know, drop the more of a developmental guy later in the draft? But I, I can't see after that. I, I'm not sure that uh, that he has much of a, a future with Minnesota. Um, uh, Jared Hall, that, that just did not go well. Uh, much we, we were so hopeful. We were so hopeful for him. It just did not work out. Yeah, so... Anyway, I'll go with Justin Jefferson with the sixth pick. Who are you taking with the seventh pick? I'm going to go Brees Hall with the seventh pick. Oh, that's a good one. I like it. It's got to get better than it was this year. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I screwed up. I should have taken him instead of Bijan Robinson, but I didn't. That's okay. So here we are. That's okay. Brees Hall, I can, see, I can see making an argument for him being as high as number two out of Kyron Williams. The way he ended the season, Brees yeah. Hall, and you know, if their offense is more functional next year, you know, that that could oh, turn out to be a really good pick. So, who are you thinking next? Right. I'm going to go back to the wide receiver well again, and I think I'm going to grab Jamar Chase and hope that. Uh, yeah, that was my pick. It, uh, <laughs> pardon. I said that was who I was going to pick. Spoiled. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to hope that uh, Joe Burrow manages to stay healthy a little bit longer yeah. next year. But uh, So that's uh, pick eight. Uh, who's pick nine for you? I think, I think despite all of my hesitations, I'm going with C.D. Lamb. Still hoping there's another quarterback there, but I'm not going to get my wish. All right. Um, 
So to me, the next one, the next pick for me is going to be another wide receiver, and it's kind of a toss-up um, between A.J. Brown and Garrett Wilson. I think I'm going to go A.J. Mm-hmm. Brown just because I you – know, actually, you know what? I'm going to scratch that. I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with a Brown, but I'm going to make it – Ross that was, that was going to be my question. Do you see Amon Ross St. Brown in that same little, same pack of wide receivers? And the answer is yes, I do. The answer is yes. So he's my, he's, he's, <laughs> yes. he's my, he's pick number 10 for me. I like it. So. I'm going to go with the other Brown, AJ Brown, as my next pick. Okay. And I guess I can't do tears within a pick, but um, <laughs> you got to pick one. <laughs> if I have to pick one, I'm going to go with, depending on where they wind up, and I'm assuming Josh Jacobs is definitely going to have a new team. Saquon Barkley, yeah. not sure yet. Um, Raheem Mostert, if he were there, it's kind of hard to go all in on uh, Devon A. Chain, but. Uh, I'll, I'll say you don't, you don't feel like you don't feel like Travis Etienne's in that in that same bunch. Do you not like the Jaguars' offense as much as maybe I do? Um, that's a fair statement. Yes, I, <laughs> I do not like them as much as you apparently do. I would, I think, even at this point in their relative careers, I think I'd rather have Saquon Barkley and just trust that either the Giants. I would. I would also rather to improve or that he'll wind up with the team, who knows, maybe even the Cowboys that's uh, better able to I'd get love a that. that would be like Christmas every day as a Cowboys fan. <laughs> well, what if the what if the Cowboys signed Derrick Henry? What would how would that make you feel they got him? I'd feel amazing about it. Years? I need a running back who is who is not an undersized get you know every every running back on the Cowboys roster right now is a change of pace back. I need the workhorse. I need the the big bruising running back. Where Ezekiel Elliott should have been, but let him let him go. So I would love Derrick Henry on that team. I think it would be a perfect fit. Okay, so there you have it. Our first round uh, picks, and I've already second guessing myself because Brees Hall should have been picked <laughs> ahead of any of those running backs. Sorry, that but... <laughs> picked, uh, so I'll be kicking myself all off season. But good reminder not uh-huh. to make that mistake in an actual draft next year. So, we're now going to have um, nightmares about Brees Hall. Don't worry, America. We're we're here. <laughs> so how about okay. we've we've done some some mock fantasy. How about some real life football? How are you feeling about the playoffs here? Um, I'm less interested, of course, when my my Giants aren't in it. But uh, just taking a look here. Um, should we do each conference, or just do all the first round games, or how do you want to do this? Either way, I I have I have a a pretty good feeling about where I'm going with it, so I can go either way. Whatever makes your heart happy. All right, let's do. Um, first you want to do championship winners. games? You want to do first round? But yeah, let's let's pick them off. So, Cleveland and Houston, uh, just because they have home field, and I like their defense and think they're a little more explosive on offense and don't trust Joe Flacco a lot. I'm going to go with uh, Houston to beat Cleveland, but how about you? 
I'm also taking Houston. I think Cleveland's a little banged up injury-wise. Houston's a little healthier, and they seem hungrier right now. Joe Flacco has actually grown on me, which I did not think would happen, but I just think that Houston's a little more dynamic, so they're going to steal this one. Okay, um, Miami at Kansas City. If this the world's coldest football neutral, game. <laughs> if this were played in a neutral site, I think I would go with Miami just because I think they have more offensive firepower and the defense is good enough. But given that this is likely to be a, um, a, an ice bowl or a snowball, and I think uh, Kansas City's defense will have the advantage and their offense is starting to look a little more functional, I'll go with Kansas City. I'm actually taking Miami in this, despite the fact it's going to be freezing, despite the fact that they have, you know, no linebackers, half the team's hurt. I think Mike McDaniels can will them into this. I think that he is the X factor in this. He's just crazy enough to convince everyone that they're going to win this game in spite of all of that. Chiefs feel fractured right now. Right. And then uh, Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Uh, I'm I'm going with Buffalo in this. No questions. Yeah, it's hard to feel like Mason Rudolph is going to pick apart the Bills in Buffalo. Just don't really see that happening. So I'm also going with the Bills. Okay, on the NFC side, uh, Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, uh, I don't think it really matters who wins this game because I think they're for a second-round exit. But uh, I'll, if there's one team that I think Philadelphia could still hang with and it's uh, sort of beat-up state right now, I think it's Tampa Bay. So I think Baker Mayfield yeah. will have a big day, but uh, I'll go with Philadelphia. He's pretty beat-up. He's got bad ribs, he's got a bad ankle, hard to move. I'm taking the Eagles in spite of themselves, mostly because I think the Buccaneers' defense is incredible, but the offense still has to score enough points to beat the Eagles, and I think the Eagles' beleaguered offense will still find a way to score three touchdowns and they can win the game. I think this is a low-scoring one. Rams at Detroit, uh, exciting game, the whole you know, Matthew All the Stafford revenge. returns angle, yeah. but uh, I'm going to go with uh, Detroit in this. They have banned Lion Matthew Stafford jerseys from the stadium. People are cranky about it. I'm taking the, Mo- the Motor City Dan Campbells. This is their first first go around in the playoffs. I think they're a little little hungrier than the Rams are, despite the Matthew Stafford comeback. Okay, and then um, Green Bay. At Dallas, Cowboys. I'm sure you're you're scared about this game already, but I think terrified. the Cowboys should win this <laughs> pretty easily. I'm taking the Cowboys also, but it scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Too much and, bad that can happen. All right. So now, um, second round games. Um, so we both have um, Houston advancing to um, play Baltimore. Um, I just yep. think Baltimore right now looks like the best team to me, so I'm going to go yeah. with them to, to beat Houston. I'm also taking the Ravens. I like Houston, but hey. every, the Baltimore team's good. Okay, and then uh, for both of us, Buffalo would be hosting the second round game um, against either Miami or Kansas City. And either way, I'm, I think I'm going to go with Buffalo in that one. I am actually going to go with the Dolphins. And on the NFC side, Philadelphia and San Francisco, I'm going with San Francisco. 
Yeah, that feels like a no-brainer. Sorry, Philadelphia. <laughs> okay, um, Dallas at Detroit. Um, that game should be a lot of fun if it comes to pass, especially how the last game ended. I'm going to go with Everybody's Detroit reporting. when the rematch. Yeah, I'm also taking Detroit. Just, I am not impressed with Dak Prescott. In case you haven't figured that out from listening to this last hour, to everyone else. <laughs> okay. So AFC final game now. I've got uh, Baltimore and Buffalo. You've got Baltimore and Miami. And Miami. Uh, I'm just going <laughs> to go chalk here because Baltimore looks so impressive at the end of the season. And yeah, I'm also going with Baltimore. I just believe in them at home, and I'll, I'll go with Buffalo over, excuse me, Baltimore over Buffalo. So yeah, I'm, I'm also taking the Ravens. Miami? Taking okay. the Ravens over the Dolphins. All right. So now that brings us to the, the old NFC, championship, NFC game. championship game with San Francisco hosting uh, Detroit for both of us. And I don't know, Blue's biting me right now, so I'm going to uh, <laughs> pick the cat team and uh, go team. with the Lions to win in an upset at San Francisco. So how about you? I'm taking San Francisco in a close one, so I'm ending up with the the uh, Baltimore San Francisco, not Harbaugh as it once was. But so who who do you think? Do you think the Lions can beat the Ravens in the Super Bowl? You think they can do it? Um, no, I don't. But uh, yeah. it would be fun if they did because, you know, as, the as you know, or as I've said several times on the show, uh, a cat team has never won a Super Bowl before, and it would be nice to break that streak at some I think, point. But I, I think, think it's going to happen. Honorary podcasters Blue and Mia would be very pleased about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I'm I'm taking so the Ravens over the Forty Niners. That sounds like a more interesting game. But I'm, I'm taking I'm taking the Ravens. I'll even give you the score: twenty nine twenty seven. Ravens are winning on a Justin Tucker field goal. So that was a lot closer than the Christmas night game. This is true. I think the personnel is pretty different than the Christmas night game. <laughs> There's a few different people out there. Dalvin Cook's on this yeah. team now. I think it's going to be a difference maker. Well, they were already so, much better on Christmas night, so what makes you think the yeah. Super Bowl would be closer just because it's a Super Bowl? Or... I think it's a Super Bowl. I think the 49ers got, got scared a little bit. I think they have a better plan going into it, but I think the Ravens are going to persevere. Got a little different-looking offense. They'll be able to take that defense. I'm excited about it. Nice. It's going to be a good Super Bowl. We've already decided for you guys it's going to be a good one. <laughs> well, we've already both decided the Baltimore wins. Yes. <laughs> I'll Which, take that to the bank. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, so we'll see. Hopefully, at least one of our picks uh, turns out to be incorrect, so that uh, the Super Bowl is a little less predictable. It's easy to say Baltimore and San Francisco, but uh, hopefully that doesn't come to pass. I, I would say of the we teams, it's most likely to break that up. Even though I just picked Detroit, which is more of a hard <laughs> pick than a brain pick. I would say Buffalo oh, is the more likely team to um, disturb the apple cart than Detroit, but uh, we'll see. I just, I just think the AF, the the Ravens' path to the Super Bowl is a little less bruising than the 49ers' path. I think they're going to end up 
a little more beat up in their matchups than maybe the 49 the Ravens will by the time they get there. Okay, so I think that's pretty much a wrap for our 14th season. And just wanted to say again, you know, I just love doing the show with you, you know, each and every year. And uh, this is a lot of fun, and hopefully we can do it again next yes. year. Yes, we will be back for season 15. We'll be here. We've got to, got to creep closer to 300 episodes. So, of course, as always, you guys can find us all over social media. You know how to do that. Thank you, as always. You are the MVP, Sherpa. I am fired up for another season, and we'll see how the playoffs go.